Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Out to Be podcast. Oh, man, I have to be honest, I'm feeling a little loopy right now. <laughs> I'm feeling a little loopy. Okay, I just got back from my very first acupuncture appointment. So I'm like feeling the effects. I'm feeling pretty good. Looking forward to seeing how this kind of affects my body and my health. For those of you who have been following my health journey um, a little bit on here and on Instagram as well. I'm going to keep you guys posted to see if this makes a difference because I'm really interested in just trying a bunch of new things and seeing what works and not, you know, focusing just on one particular mode of healing or like only conventional medicine or only naturopathic medicine in order to heal. I really want to experience everything and to try different things out. So speaking of trying different things, today on the podcast, we are talking with Rebecca Kordecki all about breath work. So Rebecca comes from the fitness industry. She was a celebrity trainer and group exercise teacher, a diet coach, a corporate wellness advocate, and a speaker. And she's recently moved from that world where she was the creator of Booty Slide and the owner of RK Fit. She's moving from that world into the world of coaching and speaking on mindfulness, holistic health, and wellness. And really is a huge advocate and teacher of breath work. So breath work is something that I think is very powerful and I'm really looking forward to experiencing that more as well as part of my just general wellness routine. Rebecca and I have a very interesting discussion today all about fitness in general and how fitness can affect us, the benefits, the reasons why it's not the only thing we should be doing. And then we move into the discussion of wellness and breath work and how we can reduce stress, get healthier, and really cope with the things that are going on both in our minds and in our bodies by using breath work techniques. So I think you're really going to enjoy today's episode. I also think it's a really great follow-up to last week's episode. So if you haven't listened to last week's episode yet, I encourage you to listen to it. It was all about my takeaways from my trip to Los Angeles. And I talked there about my struggles with asthma and how basically I was keeping so much inside that it was stopping me from breathing. And after I really cried it out, well, you know what? I'm not going to give too much away. (laughs) Go listen to it and you'll understand why I think it's really powerful to talk about breath work after last week's episode and how they really go hand in hand and how breath work is so, so important to our well-being. So I can't wait for you to hear. I would love for you to post your takeaways on Instagram and tag both me and Rebecca. Rebecca's social media links will be in the show notes of this show. It would mean a lot to see what your biggest takeaways were, what you guys think of the show, and what you wanna see more of. So be sure to head over to Instagram, post it on your stories and tag us, and let's hop into the episode. Hey, Rebecca, and welcome to the Out To Be podcast. Thank you for having me. Glad to be here. Thanks for being on today. I'm really excited to just dive right in and talk about your journey in the fitness industry and then moving into more of the mindfulness and holistic health industry. So let's just just jump right in. How did you get started in the fitness industry to begin with? So yeah, my journey in the fitness industry kind of happened as an accident. It wasn't anything I set out to do. I didn't wake up one day and go, I want to be a personal trainer. I can't wait to do this. Uh, And uh, meanwhile, that being said, I'm really glad for the journey that I had that landed me here. But it, you know, like some people just start out knowing what they want to do. That wasn't the case with me. So I was in a position where I was a sales rep. I was working in an industry where I actually sold if you're familiar with LoJack, have you ever heard of that? Where you're kind of tracking vehicles with this device. 
I've never heard of that actually. Okay, so <laughs> it's, it's a vehicle tracking device for, for cars when they get stolen. Uh, the cops can find out where the car is. And anyway, so I was selling this type of a product and it was great. I had a great job. I loved it. Um, but while I was in that job, I also started running marathons kind of um, simultaneously. And so when I was doing that marathon uh, training and learning about running, you know, it was like a new hobby for me. I wanted to get better times for every marathon I ran. So I started working out and learning more about fitness and exercise and eating healthier. And my coworkers were always like commenting on like, Hey, what's in that Tupperware? What do you got? This is like 24 years ago before bringing a Tupperware to the office was cool. So that was really weird back then. And like people would give me the sideways look, but then they'd come later and go, what's in that Tupperware you're always bringing? And so I started kind of sharing some of my tips and coaching some of my coworkers and, you know, getting more and more into the fitness on my own, uh, just because I loved it. And I wanted to get better at my own runs and, and the things I was doing. And then one day, uh, my team, we all came into the office and we all got pink slipped. So we basically got let go. So at that point I was like, okay, I'd, I'd been at that job long enough that I had a nice severance package that I got. And now I had all this free time. And so I decided to do the one thing that was my passion at that time, which was working with people with their fitness. And I thought, okay, let me go get my certification. Let me explore this industry. This way I'm also my own boss. I can't get fired or let go again from a job by working for someone else. And that's what I did. So I went and got my certification and that's kind of how I ended up in the industry. It was completely by accident. It was the only thing that I was passionate about at that time that also would help inspire other people. And that, that I discovered was one of my goals back then was like, how can I help lift other people? up. So I dabbled in the industry, started out, started to find my personality to understand who I was as a trainer. And little by little, I started getting a name and started getting more popular and was getting referred celebrities and more high profile people and loved it. And then I moved to New York. I had been doing it for about, I don't know, maybe 12, 15 years, moved to New York, uh, kind of in the middle of my career in the industry of that. And when I was in New York, I was working with even more high, like now I'm working with like CFOs and the financial industry and like high profile, really wealthy industry people and high profile women and women that were busy and moving and shaking. And I was, and I was wanting to come up with a workout for myself that was simple and easy that hit all the body parts and also would be useful for my clients who were like on the go a lot. And so as I created a workout that was basically originally for myself, it became what's called now booty slide. Um, and so it was out of being in this new place where I didn't really love the gyms where I was first training and where I was working with clients. And I wanted to come up with something that would be an efficient workout that could hit everything with one type of movement. And so that was the sliding. And so when I created it, I got, I guess, a little bit lucky that some companies saw it and they're like, hey, we think this is awesome. We want to give you money and make an, make an infomercial out of this. So I licensed it to some companies. It became an infomercial. Booty Slide was on TV for a year and a half. If you were up late at night at 2 a.m. back then, you're probably maybe too young, but maybe not. Yeah, I don't uh, think I would have seen it. I wasn't a late night infomercial kind of gal. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so some people did catch it. And um Anyways, it ended up being a product sold in Walmart and Kmart. And so that was kind of one of my really cool things that I did in the fitness industry. But while I was doing all of that and, and 
working hard in the industry and, and really still loving it, what I was discovering was that I felt like I needed to go a little bit deeper within myself to also be able to go deeper in my client with my clients to help them shift some of the things. Cause even, you know, the clients that were coming to me, they were, you know, we've all got stuff like, why are you, how did you gain all this weight? How did you get, let yourself get out of shape? What was the underlying cause of you letting yourself quote unquote go? Like people come to me, I've let myself go. I need to get back. How'd that happen? How'd you get there? Why are you overweight? You know, so yeah, totally. I wanted to start getting deep into that stuff and helping people uncover the original cause of why they're there. And so I started doing deeper work with my own self and then using some of those tools and exercises. I was healing some of my own stuff from years of my own struggles as a kid and in my early 20s. And um, as I discovered some of those tools, I started bringing those to my clients and started adding just some little coaching things on top of training. It wasn't officially life coaching, but I found myself doing that. But what I discovered still was that the, I didn't have a, a strong enough tool that really helped them break through all their stuff. I didn't have a, a modality that they could really go deep with. Then I discovered breathwork three years ago. And when I discovered breathwork, it was, it was so obvious to me that there was, this was the thing. This was the next evolution of my own journey and my own career. So I started bringing that um, to some of my clients one-on-one. -on -one. I started teaching classes with it. Uh, and that's kind of how I ended up getting into the more mindfulness aspect of what I do now. That's such an awesome story. So but I want to ask you about, you know, more details of what you're doing now. But before we get there, I'm really curious about your work with these high-level people like the CFOs and even the celebrities. Are there any trends that you noticed that were keeping them from losing weight or the reason that they gained weight in the first place or overall just impacting their health? What were some trends that you noticed that these high-performing people might have had that was keeping them in this spot? Yeah, so for most of the high-performing or celebrities – those people didn't always have the overweight, though that's more like, because those people always have to be on. They always have to be camera ready. They have to be ready for the next movie. They have to be ready for the next performance, right? Getting on stage, if they're a musician, if they're, uh, those people, they're, they're, if, they're, if anything they're struggling with weight, it might be a five pound weight gain and they're off, like they were off of a movie and now they gained five or 10 pounds and then they could come to me, they got to get really ready really quick, lose that five or 10. But I'm just talking more about people that are struggling in the, mainstream that have bigger weight issues. It's not usually the celebrities, but what they usually struggle with is feelings of overwhelm, of feelings of stress or anxiety or performance anxiety of always having to be on even when they're having a bad day. So with them, um, the trend, the, the trend is really that like too much on their plate, too much all at once, too much trying to have to keep up with their last hit album or their last hit movie or their last, you know, big deal they did in finance, whatever it is, and having to stay on top of all of the moving pieces, no matter what. And, you know, they're not allowed to have a normal life. And look, we all have got stuff. We've all got things. So, no matter what level you're at, whether you're in the public eye or you're not, there's always going to be things you're contending with in your personal life. And just at that level, you have to get really good at not bringing it to the stage or to camera or to the recording studio, right? Um, or the boardroom. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. That, I'm so glad you brought that up too, because I think that whether you are in that more high performing, you know, performing, like getting on stage all the time or going yeah. album to album or whatever, or in the 
more starting out phase, which a lot of people who listen to the, this podcast are indie artists, right? So they're like doing it all themselves. And a, a lot of people think that DIY, which is kind of the term mm. that was coined, means you literally have to do everything yourself, right? <laughs> and I find that that is causing so much overwhelm in the music industry. And also, like you said, that kind of lack of compartmentalism where because you feel like you have to do everything in your music career, especially for people who might be working a part-time or full-time job yep. along with that, it's yes. really hard to figure out boundaries anywhere, yeah. yes. to figure out how to deal with things anywhere. And then mm. it affects all areas of your life, which I think is yeah. really so amazing that you are you basically realized and decided to help people with is that, no, it's not just about health or weight. It's about mm -mm. everything, everything, about everything. together. It is. Yeah. And you know, and I always, you know, like it's become a bit cliche, the phrase mind, body, spirit, but it is for real. It is real. And I discovered that early on in my own journey and also working with clients. Like I was talking about mind, body, spirit, like 15 years ago when people didn't really know what it meant. And then it was still kind of considered woo woo. And so, but now it's like, everybody's, everything is mind, body, spirit. I mean, you can't open a, a post or a thing or anything without seeing it. And thank God, because it's real. Um, but what we have to do is come up with ways that make it accessible for people who are really like, different personality types are gonna have, an, sometimes have an issue with it. Cause they're just like, you know, hardcore business or they're hardcore, like straight up, you know, don't want to talk anything that might be considered woo-woo or the yeah, fringe of spiritual. Yeah. The woo -woo, like. yeah. And so you have to be, you have to, and, and I think this is why I'm starting to do really well in this industry or getting a, a decent reputation is because I think that I bring kind of the, the kick-ass kind of badass trainer from the fitness world. And then I'm melding that into the spiritual world and saying that, that it's okay to be spiritual with a little badass. Like, yeah. To me, it's about badassery no matter what you do, whether you're spiritual, whether you're a fitness, whether you're, you know, your mind, you're doing your mental exercise or whatever. It's yeah. all about how can you find your badass in any realm? And yeah. that's okay. You don't have to be woo-woo to be spiritual. You don't have to be all badass. You could, there's somewhere in between where you can blend it. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's kind it. of. Especially for yeah. our rock stars out there, you know? Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. You know, we've talked about it so much on the podcast, but the stereotype of you have to be like a alcoholic late night party yeah. or rock star person to succeed in the music industry, mm -mm. which I hope by now we all know is simply yeah. not true, but yeah. it's such a good point. Like you could keep that badass aspect, but also yes. still like, like work on your holistic health. Yes. And I, a good, really good example. Um, I've got an artist, a, a musician, songwriter, singer, who's just fantastic right now that I'm working with. And he's really starting to do really, he's elevating. And his, um, his, when he came to me, he was struggling with like the industry is so much peer pressure and he's a young kid. He's like 23, 24. He's like the peer is so much peer pressure to party, to, to get high, to use, to be, do this, to like be gangster ish and not, you know, not care about anything but your career and the money and the, the women and the whatever. And he's like, and I don't want to be that. I want to be, I want to sing from my spirit. I want to put out lyrics that move and elevate people. And so when we started working together, that's what we worked on is helping him get into his spirit more and, and right from there and write music from his elevated place. And he's starting to do that. And he was already doing that a little bit when I met him. And he said that work with me has taken him to a whole nother level, like to where he gets that you can do both. You can be in the industry and succeed and be awesome 
but also write from the spiritual place and want to lift and inspire people through your lyrics. And they don't all have to be like swearing and the N word and the B word and the see all they don't have to be to elevate yeah. people. You can elevate people through music and still have kind of cool hip hop y kind of pump it up music. But the lyrics can be speaking differently. Yeah. Well, I and want so, everyone who's listening to really sit on that <laughs> because yeah, that is huge. Yeah, yeah. I want to ask you though, what would you say to listeners out there who maybe struggle with anxiety, depression, or even just general stress levels and mm -hmm. have been told, oh, fitness will help with that. Go get your cardio in. That's mm -hmm. all you need. Mm -hmm. That'll check the boxes. Mm -hmm. Go. What would yep. you say to them? Yep. So first thing I would say to them is I think it's, Okay, here's why cardio, here's why people always say that. And, and cardio, fitness, any exercise, especially HIIT training where you're getting your heart rate up real quick and you're sweating and you're, yeah. I'm a huge proponent of that because what it does is it changes your physiology. And as soon as you get endorphins going and you start breaking a sweat and your heart rate changes, also you're doing something that's challenging. You get out of your head and you drop into your body, you become more aware, body awareness. But the biggest reason why people are saying this because it does change your physiology, but that alone can only work for so long. If you're not addressing what is underneath the reason you feel like shit in the first place, I hope I can swear on here. Yes, you can. <laughs> okay, good. So if you're not addressing why you feel like that in the first place, it doesn't matter how much cardio you do. You can only chase away the cardio yeah. or the, the, the pain or the sadness, or the anxiety with cardio for so long yeah. before you're going to be like, oh shit, I'm up against the same thing again. And now the cardio is not working anymore. The exercise isn't doing it. Yeah. Now what? which is why I have a bunch of tools that I let people use and I let people know about. And in my programs I talk about, cause you need a series of things. And sometimes some days I need all eight of the tools I have. One tool doesn't work. I grab another one. That doesn't work. I grab another and another. I keep throwing them out till I find the tool yeah. that works. Yeah. And so some days I get up and it's one tool because I even struggle, even knowing all the stuff I know, doing all the work I've done, we can all have a blue day. Totally. We can all wake up and go, why am I here still? Even when you think you know why, mm -hmm. you know, or why does life have to be a struggle sometimes? Or, you know, I just wait, I feel heavy. I don't even know why. Sometimes you just have a ball in your stomach. You don't even know why. Yeah. Like a pit in your stomach, like a yeah. bowling ball. You can say that again. Sometimes you just wake yeah. up, right? And you're yeah. like, today's not the day. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And it's day. just not the day. And yeah. you know what? Just shake it off. Try a few tools. If the tools don't work, guess what? Go to bed, wake up. It's a new day. Yeah. Like sometimes that's the approach. You can't always fight it or resist it. Sometimes you just be in it, sit in it, settle in it, ride it out yeah. and promise and know and trust that on the next day, it's a new beginning. It's a fresh start. Yeah. So awesome. You just explained to us why, okay, fitness is awesome, but it's only going to get us so far. So yeah. when you had this huge breakthrough and yeah. you decided I want to work on myself, but also do that so that I can help other people. What yeah. were some of the first tools, resources, books, people yeah. that really helped you to gain this knowledge and allowed you to do that? Yeah, there's a, there's a lot. I just actually, finally, it's been on my bucket or my hit list of things to do for a long time of compiling all of the books that I've read that have helped me, that have shifted me. And I just put, gave it out to my email list the other day because, and it's like 50 books on there. And these are only some of the ones I could remember, but over the last few years, this is the list I've been reading and studying through. But so there's, so there's a ton of books. I'll, I'll talk about that for a second. But the biggest things that I started doing when I first started doing my work, and this is probably uh, 2001 ish, I really started working on a lot of the stuff that was my childhood stuff and my pains that I wasn't facing that I was running from. Um, and so the, the first things that I used, and it may sound crazy, the biggest thing that helped me the most was anger work. It's a, a tool called anger work. 
Um, it's something that I use a variation of it now with some of my clients that are open to it. Um, because what happens with anger, anytime you've got resentment, anger, bitterness, especially for people who've been abandoned, physically abused, sexually abused, verbally abused, um, had a big dream that got dashed, they were almost there, and then it got pulled right out from under them and all their dreams were crushed in an instant. People like that end up with a lot of anger, a lot of bitterness, a lot of sadness and grief, but it's always masked by the anger. And so until you pull away that anger and strip that out of the equation to get to the sadness and hurt and pain underneath, you walk around like a lit fuse ready to explode on anyone in your path. And usually it's the people you love the most. So my thing when I realized I, I, underneath, I knew there was sadness, but I couldn't get to it because I was a little bit bitter. I was a little bit angry. Um, and so I started chipping away at the anger through this anger work. Then I started doing um, interactive exercises that involve journaling and writing and, and writing with purpose. Um, a lot of exercises that I use now with clients and in my workshops or some of these tools. Um, I started meditating, although meditating was hard for me in the beginning. I have a monkey mind that doesn't want to quiet no matter how hard I try. So I would, I would try, I would pop in and out of meditation, but the things that were the most effective for me personally were the interactive processing tools. So not like talk therapy doesn't work. My opinion, not to say that, look, anybody out there who's going to a therapist and they're talking most of the, perfect, awesome, stay at it. If it's working for you, beautiful. For me, it did not work. Um, I needed something that forced me to engage in the process of healing. Mm -hmm. So for me, the way I approach all the work I do now, whether it's a workshop, whether it's a new breathwork teacher training course, whether it's uh, a retreat, whether it's just my general classes, it is all interactive. You will never come and do anything with me where you're not also participating. You will not get to sit and just talk with me and talk your problems away because I don't believe that fixes anything. So um, those are the main tools, like the anger work, the creative process writing, um, try, attempting meditation, getting quiet, getting calm within myself, exercising, yes, was part of it, um, using it with mindfulness. So exercise like yoga was really helpful for me at one point. Um, just a lot of different things, but it was always engaging and interactive and awareness-based, mindfulness-based, yeah. Ooh, so much good. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, I, try and extract some of that. Yeah, I would love to learn more about the anger works that you did. Uh, do you have any specific tools or exercises with that that you found uh, really helpful? Yes. Um, I'm hesitant to put it out because it's the kind of thing that people might go, wow, is that really what she's doing in those sessions? Because it's something that I only use case by case. And if a client is open to it, Mm. Um, and I've worked with it, you know, through other therapists. So it's a tool that I feel really confident in using and sharing and having people participate in. But the gist of it is this, and look, at some point I'm, I have a book coming soon and there's a lot of things that are coming out and I'm putting together a program that'll be online. Once those things are out, it, these things will all be downloadable exercises, tools you could do at home, things you could follow this sheet and you can go take yourself through it. But I'm always going to suggest that you do it with a coach or a, a therapist or something. So I'm not going to give all the details, but basically all anger work is, is getting some of that frustration out of your body right. through words, through um, active motion. So for instance, you could, if you were doing it with safety, put on, wrap your hands with, with, with wraps for boxing and put the gloves on and hit a medium, not a heavy, heavy bag. Hit a light to medium heavy bag because the very heavy bags are 
I feel for someone who's going to go nuts on them can be dangerous for your wrist. Even if you're wrapped really well, I always say safety first, no matter what you're doing, because you don't know what's going to come out when you start exploding some of your energy. So, you know, letting out some energy on something like that or on one of those dummy bags that there are that you can, and let it out and say some words at the same time. Do it in a quiet place where there's no one hearing you that thinks you're freaking out. Don't do it in front of your kids. Do it in a safe environment that you've quarantined off, let's say, so that whoever might be hearing you isn't taking it out of context. But say some words that are, put words to the energy as you're hitting the bag, as you're you know, whatever it is, maybe you take a slam ball and you're doing slam ball slams and getting some of that frustrated energy out of your body through the exercise with words. So the words might be something like, I'm so frustrated and so sick of the way this business is. I'm so tired of ending up in the same place. How come I can't get whatever the words are, get all the negative, what I call crazy voices out of your head, out of your body, and then do that for five, 10 minutes, whatever, however long, get a rush of it out of your body. And then when you're done with that, and there's this release of like, but you go hard for 10, five, 10 minutes. When you're done with that, there's, there's almost like a, yeah. almost like this big sigh of release. And in that sigh is the opening to expand into what's really underneath. Yeah. Then usually, especially if you're with a therapist or a really good coach, Um, you would then usually, most people get to a place where there's either tears or there's either a letting go with a big, oh my God, I feel so much better. Oh my God, I finally was able to get, oh my God. And just like there is an understanding that underneath all that built up stuff is the truth. And then you write and you do a writing exercise on top of that. And in that writing, it might be, and I'm so grateful I was able to get that anger out because underneath it all is this truth. And then you just free associate and just spew whatever comes out. And usually that when I'll pick up the writings that my clients will write after something like that, they're writing such beautiful things about what the truth is underneath. They just are so sad that their partner left them or they were abandoned as a kid or they were, you know, and all this stuff comes out and I just want to heal from that. And so you finally get to the sadness of what's really bugging them. And then they can start to be aware of it and start to do work, go deeper with a therapist, um, start to unravel it. But until you can get to that stuff, you're just like this pent up person that's ready to explode or unload on people. Yeah, that's um, so powerful. I, I would love yeah. to try that. Come so, on, come on. Yeah. Come to my studio. And, and I, I love too that you talk about the power of words because I think that sometimes we don't acknowledge that enough. I mean, yeah. I've talked about affirmations and beliefs. Mm-hmm. Huge and tool, like huge tool. I'll talk about that again. That's another thing I use, but I use that later in my journey. But go ahead. I mean, to cut you off. Yeah. No, yeah, but it's. I mean, I think the listeners by now know what that is. And I do it so much with my clients, but even just super simple things. Like I remember a couple of weeks ago, I was with my sister all day and both of us for whatever reason, were just in like terrible moods. Funks. <laughs> you were in funky funk. <laughs> yeah. Being huge bitches to each other, worse <laughs> attitudes, like, and then finally yeah. after like going back and forth, I just, we're driving in the car, I'm driving and I just take a sigh and I'm like, I'm in a terrible mood today. And she goes, yeah. me too. <laughs> and <laughs> yeah. it was literally vocalizing that. Yes. It's a very simple example, of course, but vocalizing yes. that, just vocalizing like, this yeah. is what's going on. I don't yep. even know why it's going on, but yep. this is what's going on. It yeah. allowed the tension to break, the mood to change, mm-hmm. 
each, we, us to other understand each other, first of all, so that we weren't just in our own heads. And I think sometimes we get so much in our own heads. And like you said, you're just piling all of these emotions on top of each other. And then you have to break it. Like you have to break it down so much more because you're, you're keeping it all pent up instead of just letting it out. So this is such a cool exercise. Thank you so much for sharing that with us. Cause really it's a, it's a great one. I think, and, and, you know, look, I think that really, I think really the biggest thing about when we're struggling with stuff is just that um, we get so used to like living that way, living with that feeling that that becomes our status quo, that feeling of like pent upness, anxiety, overwhelm, stressed out, or even waking up in a funk. People just start to accept that this is who I am. This is who I have to be. This is the way I am. I'm just heavy. I'm just depressed. And people walk around accepting that. And my mission on this planet is to break that, like shift that paradigm. No, we don't have to accept that. There are, there are tools. There are ways. You got to be proactive. Look, it's, I'm not going to tap you over the head and you're going to be fixed. There's no pill you're going to take that I'm going to go, now you're better. You want to do the work. You got to go after it or it comes after you. Um, and you can get away with it for a little bit, but eventually always our stuff comes and rears its ugly head somewhere, somehow. Yeah, I totally agree with you yeah, on that. Yeah. So you gave us a lot of insight into how you kind of get started in this world. So was there anything else that helped you get started or what was the transition? Like when did you decide to kind of officially make that transition with the clients that you were working with? That took a minute. (laughs) It took a minute and I'm still trying to figure out how to, you know, smoothly transition all the way into this other realm that I'm most passionate about now, which I would call the spiritual realm, the mental. I also think the mental stuff is really big for me right now because working with our minds and our thoughts that we think and all of that, it matters too. And when you can get both of those in check and then add the physical to it, you it's the sweet spot of life, right? So for me, it's been about being as passionate, as authentic, as... Um, showing up fully every single time I do whatever I do right now, whether it's teaching a breathwork class, working one-on-one with a breathwork, doing a teacher training for the teachers that I am now teaching how to get into this industry, um, whether it's doing a podcast like this or writing or whatever it is, being authentically me, 150%, not caring about the outcome, not wondering or worrying when can I fully go into all the way and not have to ever you know, train another client if I don't want to, because I'm transitioning right now. And it isn't easy because when people have looked at me for a certain way for 21 years, I've been this fitness badass, this booty slide, the booty guru. I have all these nicknames. Um, and that was kind of my world for, you know, eat, I eat, breathe and sleep, slept that for that many years. And I still do. So, um, the the transition is going to be whatever it is. Like it'll take, it's, It'll organically happen, I think. I'm not worried about it finally coming full circle to this area. But, but so far, I've just been you know, trusting the process. It's been great. So now I know a big part of your focus is in breath work. And yes. You've that a few times. So can you talk about how you got into this, why you think it's so important, and what you do with it now? So I've told the story a lot lately. So, um, but it's, it's important. It matters because this is how powerful the breath work is. I was, uh, look, you heard my journey. I've done a lot of, I know a lot of tools. I know a lot of ways to pull myself out of stuff, right? I've done that for 15 years or more than that actually now. But I was in the middle of a really, really bad breakup and this breakup took me down. And I had been through breakups before and none of them ever affected me this, this badly. But this particular one 
was getting to me. It was getting to me. I was feeling anxious and really sad and really confused about why I couldn't shift this person and, and make things work and you know why we couldn't figure it out. And I knew that I needed to get out of the relationship, but I was just struggling with it. And I had, you know, I was teaching a lot of fitness classes at the time and I had a lot of private clients at the time and, and I have to show up when I show up. I have to be 100% in my body. I have to be present. I don't get to check out. They're paying me a lot of money. I have a lot of people looking to me to get, take them through a workout. So I, w I said to a friend, I'm like, I'm really struggling right now. I, none of the tools that I have that I've used in the past to pull me out of this is working right now. I don't know what I'm going to do because I'm frozen. And my friend said, there's this cool breathwork class at this place called The Den. Go check it out. So I said, I'm, I'm, I'm there. When is it? So I went to this class. I went to this breathwork class and I literally cracked open another level deeper than I thought I ever needed to go. Um, I knew there was always more work because you're never really done, but I was, it just cracked me open. And when it did, I felt this peace inside that suddenly the way that I was looking at my relationship and the, what I needed to do just manifested easily. And I, I found a different perception of it. I was able to look at it through a different lens and, uh, it literally basically saved me to get through that relationship with, with more peace and ease. And once I discovered it though, and I saw this modality and the power of it, the magic of it, if you will, it was so clear to me, Oh my goodness, this is my next thing. This is the tool that I can use to break through with people that are, that are struggling. This is the tool that I can use to help my clients that I know have similar stuff or have gone through things and they don't know how to get out of it. And so I got, went to some trainings, learned a lot of things from a lot of different teachers, uh, read a lot, studied a lot, breathed a lot, um, played with the, the practice a lot, discovered some of my own things about it, and then started teaching, got, got lucky enough to get offered a class at the den and uh, started teaching. And it's been amazing. And it feels like I completely hit my stride with it uh, a couple of months in and have a nice following now and some people really loving what I'm doing. So it's, it just kind of manifested into this wonderful new career. So it's great. That's a really cool story. <laughs> I like, thank you for sharing that with us. I know yeah, you you're welcome. Well, but yeah, um, yeah. For those who are unfamiliar, so I'm actually a yoga teacher. I'm familiar with just breathing exercises yes. and some yes. breath work, and I find it so important. I also have asthma, and I find and I'm a singer, oh. so it's like okay. all wow. the things where it's just breathing. Wow. You gotta you gotta do it well, right? Yeah. Like the yes. breath exercises help so much. But for those who are unfamiliar or only have a very basic understanding of what breath work can look like, can you give us some examples of what going to a breath work class might be like? Sure, sure. So, and, and first, just to touch back on, like, if you think about what breath work is, right? Like, so breath work is obviously just the pranayama, the inhale, the exhale. And, but yeah. there's so many ways that you can manipulate the exactly. air in and the air out, right? And so there's all these different styles of breathing as well as many different breathing exercises. So for you specifically, have you heard of Batoiko? No, um, it's a, actually. it's a, you write this down and look this up because yeah. if you have asthma, it has been proven to, um, help people who've got asthma to, I don't know if you're on a, are you on a, what's it? What do you use? An inhaler a, right inhaler. Now. Do you no. use it? Yeah. yeah. So it, there are studies that are proving and, and, and you'll read the testimonials about it where people are limiting now the amount of, uh, inhaler they need to use. They don't need it as much anymore with this particular style of breath work. It's a, 
it's a style that if you research and are interested in trying it, I would, I would say it's worth a try. Yeah. Um, but so typically what happens when you go to a breathwork now, first thing you want to do is research what kind it is okay. so that you know what to expect when you get there. There's different styles. Like some are more gentle mm-hmm. where they're purposely, and those will usually be combined with a visualization or a meditation. And those are specifically for calming you down, letting you relax, getting you um, to get out of your head, but feel peaceful, uh, feel very gentle and relaxed and also help with sleep. There's so many different styles, like some breath give you energy, some breaths give you calming, some breaths help you with asthma. So they do different things. But so the style of breathwork matters. Now the breath that I teach, the breathwork style I teach is specifically meant to help you crack open, (laughs) shift the stuff inside, let go of all the pain, let go of things you're holding on to, Um, open your heart bigger, get clarity in life. So the breath that I teach is different than a gentle, calming, meditative, you know, four inhale, four exhale breath. So it matters when you're looking at a class, think of what your outcome that you want, what's your desired outcome. Do you want to just calm down and be gentle and relax? Make sure that it's a gentle, calming breathwork style class. If you're open to shifting and maybe crying and maybe letting out some yells and some anger and, mm-hmm. you know, releasing some of that stuck blocked energy, then you want to come to a class like what I teach. So that'd be the first thing. And then read the, read the instructions. Like every class, typically when you breathe, you don't want to have eaten two hours prior. So you don't want to have a full stomach. Same like when you do yoga so that your digestion is not as active while you're doing the breath because we're breathing big, full, deep breaths into our belly. So you don't want to be trying to digest food at the same time. So, and it also, you know, there's something about just having an empty stomach that gives you just a deeper connection to your heart because there's no, nothing in there getting in the way of you doing the work. So, you know, make sure that you're mindful of that. Um, Make sure that you have loose clothing on, like you don't want to have a tight belt on, you don't want to have tight jeans on. So some of those things really will make a difference in your experience. Right. Yeah. Whew, that's so interesting. I yeah. am dying to go to more classes like this and more meditation classes. I mean, I do yoga like three to four times a week and I yeah. obviously I found, find just even, you know, ujjayi breath and yoga extremely helpful for regulating the body, feeling calm, yes. calmer, feeling more centered. but yeah. It's so interesting. I've actually never really heard too much about using breath to crack open in this way. Right. It's such a unique way for us to, like you said, like you've been saying, add another tool to our toolbox for yes. coping day to day or whether it is with, you know, chronic anxiety or depression and being able to feel our emotions more, which I think we all need to do a little bit more of and be yes. able to, to cope with it. So thank you for everything that you're doing and for educating uh-huh. us so much today. It's really amazing to hear all of this. Oh, you're welcome. My pleasure. My pleasure. So before you hop off, I would love Mm -hmm. to ask you any last tips you have for someone who is feeling inspired after this episode, maybe, you know, an indie artist who's working on their career, doing the hustle, feeling super overwhelmed, doesn't even know where to start. Where would you recommend they begin? Well, I would say, because I don't know where your listeners are. I would say there's this amazing app. It's called Insight Timer. Insight, I-N-S-I-G-H-T, and then the word timer, Mm -hmm. um, has so many amazing meditations and sound baths and breathwork tracks and ways that you can 
start exploring if you because if you're in LA, I'm gonna say come check out my class, come to a class at the den with me, um, come to this place I teach at in Sherman Oaks, which is like this big magical you're outside, it's a beautiful, lovely location. But if you're not in LA and you want to start exploring some of this, you know, obviously find a studio in your area, but a lot of cities don't even have some of this stuff yet. Yeah. So I would say go to a, an app like like Insight Timer where you can download a bunch of different things. It's free. You can try a lot of things. You can see what you like. You can find out what you don't like. And then, you know, keep some of your favorites and start a practice, you know, on your own at home or every night or make a challenge with yourself where you go, okay, for 30 days straight, I'm going to meditate, you know, five to 10 minutes a day. I'm going to start there, see where it goes. Or for 30 days straight, I'm going to meditate a couple of days. I'm going to breathe a couple of days. I'm going to listen to an instructional audio talk about mindfulness. They have all these things you can do. You take courses. Uh, I just think it's such a useful tool. And that would be one of the places I would say to start if you're curious about the work and you'd love to explore it. Awesome. So if you're listening and you're feeling like that person I just described, then definitely go check out Insight Timer. Or if you're in the LA area, be sure to catch Rebecca at one of her live classes. Yes. I'm yes. hoping to catch one soon the next time I'm in LA. <laughs> I'm going to have to plan for it. Yeah. Yes, babe, for sure. Come as my guest. Absolutely. I would love to. So thank you so much for being on the podcast today. Tell us where we can connect with you online, come to your classes, make sure we keep up with all the amazing stuff you're doing. Yes. So you can find me on Instagram at Rebecca Kordecki, my first and last name, R-E-B-E-C-C-A-K-O-R-D-E-C-K-I. You can find my website. I have two of them. One is specifically all about breathwork, thebreathzone.com, or just my regular website, which talks a lot about all my fitness and my booty slide product and everything I've done in the industry for 24 years. Uh, that is just RebeccaCordecki.com. Come find me at The Den if you're in LA. The Den Studio, it's a meditation studio. Uh, I teach Tuesdays and Saturdays there. Thank you so much for being on today, Rebecca. Uh, you're welcome. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Mm -hmm.